Let's pray together. Lord, on this night, we remember that night that uh, the miracle of your coming to our world and our space and our time happened. I pray we would not just remember it, but that on this night, uh, we would know it to be real and it would it would really and truly affect our lives that, that you loved us enough to come to us, to die for us, to save us. I pray that for these people here, for our families, for this church and all the churches doing the Christmas Eve services, that it wouldn't just be about the sentimentality of Christmas, which many of us love, but it would be about the power of God becoming flesh as Christ our Lord. In His name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. You can have a seat. And I just want to briefly share with you, and it's a, it's a familiar Christmas story, Luke 2. Uh, I'm only going to read verses 15 through 20, Luke 2. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to it, or you can just uh, listen. If you don't have a Bible, we have some in the back. Uh, there are seats in the back, too. Uh, so, hear God's Word, Luke 2, starting with verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven... The shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard as it had been told them. Now, I love uh, mysteries, okay? Uh, I love mysteries trying to figure out uh, the puzzle uh, or who did it, who committed the crime. And, you know, mysteries are all about uh, the who and the how and the why. Who did it? How did it happen? Why did they do it? The motive. I don't just like mystery stories. I love the mysteries of life. Uh, there is a, a beautiful song, uh, very apt for tonight. We're not going to sing it, and I can't sing it, so I'm not going to try to sing it. But the words of the song, it's called Candlelight Carol. Some of you are familiar with it. Usually it's, it's a lot better with, you know, like a children's choir or something like that. But the words of it, how do you capture the wind on the water? What about a mystery of life? How do you capture the winds on the water? How do you count all the stars in the sky? How do you measure the love of a mother? How can you measure the love of a mother? How do you write down a baby's first cry? Uh, These things are are beautiful uh, mysteries of life. and I don't know about you, but I'm I'm fascinated by them. And I keep going back to the wind on the water, creation. How do you capture the wind on the water? I love those words. Christmas is very much about uh, mystery. How did this happen? Now, if, if you're not a Christian, uh, not only do you ask how, but sometimes you ask, you know, why this big deal? Why this deal at all? Who? What? If you are a Christian, uh, you should, if you call yourself a Christian, know the who, God, becoming Jesus. Yet the how and the why can still be a mystery. How did God become a man, a baby? Why did he 
do that. Well, we'll take heart because in this passage, uh, the people that we read about are, are asking the same things and are reacting in similar ways uh, than you and me. Uh, the shepherds, uh, they saw the glory of the angels. I said last week in our service, the multitude of angels, multitude literally in this Greek translation means thousands. And tonight, I, I'd encourage you to imagine the sky, thousands. It's not like 10 or 12 or 20 angels. Multitude here meant thousands of angels. And the shepherds saw that and they're like, we got to go see. We got to see this deal. So they went and they saw the Christ child. And they continued to react. Then they would go and tell. They would go and tell. And some of the people who heard, they, they wondered. You know, I mean, are they like, you know, these folks crazy? They're just shepherds out in the fields. You know, what's going on? What, what are they doing? What are they taking? I don't want to use a specific word. Smoking. You know, what are, what are they doing? You know, it's like, what are they doing? All right. Trying to be like formal Christmas. But anyway, what, like, but, and so they wondered at this. And then Mary, it said, though, treasured these things and pondered them. And then the shepherds went and they worshiped. They glorified and praised God. You tonight, some of you, you, you act in the same way we do. Some of us, we go and tell. Some of us, they'll say, man, what are you on? You know? Some of us ponder the mystery, like Mary. I hope all of us that call ourselves Christian treasure it, uh, treasure the power. And I hope all of us will grow into worshiping. But we ask the, the how and the why. And let me tell you this tonight. The how is always something of a mystery. It's, it's easy to say the Sunday school answer, well, how did God do this? How did God become a baby? Well, the Holy Spirit. The angel Gabriel tells that to Mary. That's the how. But there's still this mystery. Here's a big word, incarnation of God becoming a person that will be a mystery till we go home. But the why, the why can answer easily. Why did God do this? What is God's motive? You just simply look in the mirror tonight. You look in the mirror. He did it for you. Because our, our faith, our belief is personal. It's not just broad or up there. It's, it's personal. It's about you. That God loved you so much. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, He loved you. That He said, I am going to break through the boundaries that I created of space, of time, of physical matter, and come to you as a, birth, as a baby, in a mother's womb, as a person, to live amongst you and die for you. That's the why. And even if you don't fully understand the how, you can get the why for you. For you. For all the world. For those that would receive His grace. Now, not only do I love mystery, I also love history. Okay? History. I love history. I love the history of the world because I love seeing God's work in history. I also said this Sunday, I wasn't going to say it tonight, but I felt convicted to. You know, 100 years ago tonight, for those of us history buffs, 100 years ago tonight, in the trenches of World War I, as people were killing one another 30, 50 yards from each other, a German opera singer 
who at that point was at the front, just started singing Silent Night in the trenches, in the mud, in the snow. And out of that, there was a truce, a Christmas truce. Now, the war continued. But I believe God works in history through people, through you, to bring about peace, glimpses of it, glimpses of heaven. We will see, as we close tonight with candlelight, a glimpse of heaven. God works in history. I love the history of the church or of Christians. Uh, as we sing Silent Night, you know, Chris and I, we talk a lot about this. We love the backstory of how all these hymns uh, were written. Silent Night, 1818, an assistant pastor who could not sing, I can relate, okay, who could not sing, felt convicted to write a poem, Silent Night. Then he gave it to his church's worship leader. I don't do this yet, Chris. I might try, but it probably won't be a silent night. He gave it to the worship leader, and the worship leader began putting it to music. And he didn't know that Christmas Eve, 1818, that they were going to sing it, but he had a children's choir perform it. Silent night. It carries on. We sing today. Christians using their gifts. And if you're a believer in Christ, you have a gift. It may not be writing silent night, but you have a gift. God using people, his church, for his work and his purpose. But most of all, I love the history of God written in His Word, the Bible. And this is history. When I say it's history, I don't mean it's past, I mean it's fact. I love the history of our Lord. In the Old Testament through the New. This is history. This is real. A doctor wrote this passage we read. Luke. And we know doctors are precise, right? Can we get some amens? Doctors are precise. So then he's giving the details. This is not a mystery. This is history. And see, the other thing I love about history is a, history is a person's life. History is your life. And often, hear me out on this, we live our histories as they were mysteries. What are you talking about there? We are like, you know, why was I born here? You know, why was I born in this time? Why did I do that? Why did God have me in this place? What was that relationship about? You know, why did that class matter? Why did I go to this class? We live our histories as if they were mysteries. And when we know Christ, they're not a mystery. God has a plan and a purpose for your lives. I love to say there are no accidents in Christianity. Your history and your life is not a mystery to God. And we don't want it to be a mystery to ourselves. And you may say, uh, easy to say, uh, my history is a mess. God can turn your mess into a message if you let him. God can turn your mess into a message. Too often, me too, we live our histories as if they were mysteries. Why? How? What? What's the point? What's the plan? It's not a mystery to God. He has a plan. He can use you. He can use your life. He can use your histories. He wants to do that. He can turn a mess into a message. Easily. The real mystery is, how are you going to live the rest of your history? Or your story? That's the mystery. What are you going to do from here on out? From Christmas Eve 2014 on, what are you going to do? It's a question for all of us. First, it's a question for non-Christians. And and there are probably non-Christians that are here. I hope there are non-Christians that are here. And it's it's a mystery. What are you going to do? I, I would encourage you to embrace the history. I mean, this is real. This is real words that have real meanings, that have real power, because it's not only a book. The Holy Spirit works through this. This is fact. 
Jesus Christ was born. He's a real life. Yet also, if you're a non-Christian, hear on this, embrace the mystery. Now, how do you embrace the mystery? There is a mystery of salvation that is grace. Because, see, we get tricked up. They're like, hey, I've got to do something to earn my salvation. No. Now, that's a mystery. Yes. It's free. Yes. Right, what, are you, what are you saying? Hey, if you want grace, all you need is need. And all you need is nothing. So for me, there's a mystery in that because I'm wired uh, like some of us uh, Americans and some of us type A and especially some of us born in the Bible belt. Like, hey, I got to do this. I got to check my list, uh, read my Bible. Hey, I got to be, you know, a good person. And man, how can I, you know, this dude goes on mission trips. I guess I got to do that to like be a leader for Christ. No. For a non-believer, there is a mystery. The mystery is all you need is need. All you need is nothing. All you need is say, I want it. That's why God came, bringing Jesus, not just to be born in history, not just to live, but to die, to pay the price, to save us. But also tonight, if you are a Christian, and I know we got some brothers and sisters that are Christians, hear me on this. If you're a Christian, the mystery is what are you going to do from here on out? Because often, often there's this thing, uh, well, let me back up. Anybody know how to fly here? Anybody know how to fly a plane? Anybody know how to fly a plane? Somebody knows how to fly a plane. Nobody? Nobody? Okay. One person? Who? There you go. Oh, we got one pilot. There we go. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Brother Edward, because I, I may be. But, I, you know, a pilot can get, I'm not going to look at you because you're going to shake your hand if I'm off. So I'm just going to go with it. But anyway, you can tell me later. A pilot can get spatial disorientation, okay? What that means is that their senses literally lie to them in the air. So you're going through a storm, you're in the midst of wind, you know, all this, never flown a plane, and you're taught, again, not looking at it, but you're taught to not trust your senses because you get disoriented, but to trust the instruments of the plane. Uh, to make this real, as in this really happened uh, in history, uh, a pilot, uh, someone famous, John Kennedy Jr., uh, had spatial disorientation because he went through a storm. He didn't know up from down. You don't know up from down and crashed. And so a pilot, when you're trained to fly, you say, trust the instruments. Don't trust like how you feel or what you think is up, what you think is down. Now you're like, why are you telling me about being a pilot? As Christians, a lot of time we go through, and I've gone through this, spiritual disorientation. We don't know up from down. You may not believe what I'm saying is true. And you may be a Bellwether member. You may have gone through baptism. You'd be like, man, I'm just, man, I'm, uh, I'm in a funk, or, you know, man, things are hitting the fan, or, you know, nothing is going right, uh, my marriage is falling apart, uh, I can't find purpose in my life, I am wandering, you know, give me something, preacher, man, I know it's Christmas Eve, but Monday cometh, and I'm disoriented in my life, I'll give you something, don't trust your senses, trust the instruments, trust the instruments, we get spiritually disoriented, brothers and sisters, Christians, so trust the history. That's fact. Trust God's word. Trust the church. And hey, I'm preaching to myself here because I used to, I mean, for a long time I didn't trust the church. Trust that God works through the church. That God works through brothers and sisters. That God works through a small group. Commit next year to being part of a small group. Commit to time in the word. Don't trust your senses because the devil and the world plays tricks 
on them. Trust the instruments. And then trust the greatest instrument of all, Jesus Christ, who was real in history and is real today and will come again in glory. The greatest instrument that has ever happened in history is God, God becoming a person, a baby, a man, and then God taking upon our voids. I'm a, you know, you say sin, that's Sunday school, our void, our emptiness, our not measuring up. Because I don't measure up. I don't know about you. Some of y'all are like, man, I'm, I'm pretty good. I don't, I don't measure up. So I have a Savior that stood in my place. It's the greatest instrument. And when we say, hey, even though there'll be mysteries, I know the rest of my history, I'm going to live for Him and give my life to Him. You can be a great instrument for God in your time, in your season, in this space, in this place, in this life. And that's what we want. That we can be bridges, individual bridges. Bridges together as a church. Churches collectively in Jackson, Mississippi. Individuals. We're not Jesus. We're not the Holy Spirit. But we can be a bridge. We can go to others. We can open up our home. We can love one another. We can give a meal to a neighbor. We can go on a mission trip. We can be a bridge. And pray and believe Jesus walks across it. I'll just close with this. Again, I keep going back. I know, because like I'll preach or, or we'll have a powerful service or the candlelight and all that. And you're like, my life's still a mess. If you listen, if you hear nothing else, God can turn your mess into a marvelous message. Okay? Hear that. Remember that. Also remember, if you're not a believer, yeah, it's a, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. If you want grace, all you need is need, and all you need is nothing. And it's given. It's a gift. You know? And we're going to get some gifts. I got some gifts lined up. My wife's shaking her head here. Jack's got some gifts. We've all got gifts lined up. They'll keep us, we'll still be like empty. Still be empty. It's one gift will fully satisfy our longing. Jesus Christ. And just ask. And that's the mystery of grace. But it's the history. It's the history of God working in his church, hopefully in you and in me tonight. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray uh, for myself and for us that we embrace the history, that it's real, that this happened, and the mystery of grace. And when you embrace it, you're like, I want it. I want grace. I want salvation. Help me in my beliefs. I pray that we trust you to embrace the messiness of our life, to turn it into a powerful message where you can be an instrument to our friends, to our family, to the cousin we probably don't want to see tomorrow or next week. Use us by your spirit. Thank you for these people that are here. Thank you for the families. Most of all, thank you that you came to us, not just to live, but to die for us. Help us to trust the instrument of your word, most of all your son. In his name we pray, amen.